0: This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 53. Well, we're back from Sun and Fun and had a wonderful time. One thing I'm very excited about is the ability to participate in the first annual job fair at Sun and Fun. You know, I spent many hours speaking with applicants and wandering around the various job booths. You know, through observation and interaction with the applicants, I was reminded how some do not understand how to prepare for a job fair. You know, if you're considering attending a job fair, I want to share with you some advice and list some actionable items I feel will help you. Well, today I have with me a frequent co-host, Eric Crump from Polk State College, who was an integral part of the job fair. He has some exciting news and some interesting facts to share with us. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hello,
1: Carl and everybody else.
0: I, You know, uh, Eric, I, I know you're in Winter Haven, and, and you're there with the family. I think that's terrific. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the neat thing uh, about working from home. You get to spend more time with your family. I think that's that's awesome. Uh, just one shout-out, though. Uh, the Normally we don't do shout-outs or announcements, but I'm going to tell you one thing that was incredible that I saw at Sun and Fun, probably the most amazing thing, there's a guy named David Allen. He has a, a show called Other People's Airplanes. And he actually had the chance to go up for a ride with the Blue Angels. And you know what he did? He gave that to somebody else because the day they were doing the ride was the day he was supposed to spend time with his family at Sun and Fun. So talk about getting your priorities straight. And that's something we always like to promote here at Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, family comes first and then the rest. So uh, I uh, hats off to David Allen for doing that at uh, other people's airplanes. Uh, so a quick shout-out to them. I'll have a link to his uh, show on, on the notes for the podcast. So, Eric, uh, anything, uh, anything new this week? <laughs> Nothing at all, really. I have done
1: nothing. I've just basically been sitting around the house watching soap operas. It's been amazing. No, so um, it's actually kind of funny because this is the first uh, one of these podcasts that we've done separately since we started doing this, since the first one we did. Oh, that's and right. we just we just spent the last week together, and now that we're going to do a podcast. We're in different places, different which places, is right. Funny, but but uh, but still fun. Yes. Um. So yeah, last week was kind of a big week. It was fun and fun. And, um, you know, we we as a college participate in Sun and Fun heavily for a lot of different reasons. But for my students, it's a great way to get them out of the classroom and get them to actually do things in aviation that we normally would just talk about, Um, like get to see all kinds of different airplanes. Um, I could teach my entire um, aviation history course at Sun and Fun for all the really cool equipment they bring in. Um, and then the workshops, the forums, all that stuff. It's such a huge opportunity for my students to get out there and hear not just me run my face, which, you know, it's, it's wonderful, me running my face. But I'm sure the students also occasionally like to get out and hear what other people have to say and get some varied opinions. So Sun and Fun is great as an event just to go have fun, but it's also a really awesome educational opportunity. And that's why we as a college participate in it very heavily
0: you know one thing that I think is really unique about Sun and Fun and uh, you know you hear me talking about it and by the way I do have to plug Sun and Fun Radio they are just awesome there and Dave Schellbetter and the fact that you can actually listen to those interviews all year long. And you'll learn something about different aviation careers. You'll listen to people that are air show pilots, military pilots. Uh, But you can go to liveatc.net slash SNF, and I'll have that link on our website. And, boy, you're going to be able to hear some amazing stories. You're going to have some advice about careers not just from this generation and the last generation. And and it's it's awesome to hear from people from World War II. So we had a lot of the wasps on, and they were just amazing and had some incredible stories. And, you know, it, it always amazes me how these people, when they say that they were in the war, they, they, they talk about it as if it was just their job. I was like, man, you, you sacrificed so much for this country. And uh, hats off to them for finally getting the congressional medal of honor that they deserve after all these years. You're um, here. So we we uh, as a matter of fact I'll put a I put a picture of of uh, one of the ladies that I got to interview as a matter of fact interestingly enough the two wasps that we were interviewing on the deck and then the two people doing the interview were, were all from new jersey so uh you know if you want to see what a real jersey girl looks like go take a <laughs> take a take a peek at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 53 and i'll have a picture of a couple of jersey girls it may not be what you expect <laughs> but <laughs> but they they were a trip i know people have a different image in their head right now of what a jersey girl looks like and uh so we called it jersey strong and uh it was quite interesting it was uh, some these these gals went all over the, the country, all over the world. A lot of people don't realize they didn't only uh, they delivered aircraft, but they also towed some drones. And they got shot at and uh, by people practicing. And as a matter of fact, some of them actually uh, died during their service in World War II. Uh, so we really appreciate their service. We appreciate all of those listeners right now too that are in the, in the military or have served in the military. We really do appreciate your service. And you know, you keep uh, keep our freedom to fly free and our airspace clean from all of those threats that are out there other countries you don't quite have that uh, but here in the u.s. we, we kind of get used to that we have to be reminded sometimes that, that if because of you because of the people serving the military we're able to to live a life of of freedom from worries about uh, any type of people coming after us so thanks so much um now one of the things that was incredible about this show, and I, I know Eric, there's a couple comments you wanted to make about the job fair, but Sun and Fun, and I'm gonna uh, plug Sun and Fun real quick too. You should get down there and next year because what they're gonna do, they're gonna do another job fair. And if you do go to Sun and Fun next year, bring your suit and tie with you because the, here's a this is a two for one deal. You actually all you have to do is come to the job, or excuse me, come to Sun and Fun, and your ticket will get you into the job fair, which I think is pretty cool. You still have to register, though, for the job fair in the different time slots, but we had over 300 people go through the job fair, and I must have talked to about 200 of them. Can you imagine me talking for like four or five hours straight?
1: I can imagine that, <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, I was actually representing an airline there, and uh, you know, I was the only pilot there. And oh my gosh, I mean, it was just terrific listening to all those people and their stories. But from this, again, we glean some information, and and there's some misconceptions about what a job fair is and what you should do at a jobs fair. To to make a, a quick point, I'm going to ask uh, Eric's opinion on this. Also, I've you know been quoted in the past as, as saying that you know job fairs aren't that important. Well, they're good. If they're used properly but they can actually they can be detrimental to you if they're not so they're okay they're good to go to uh, but the most important thing is to have have a good resume and make sure that your background is proper but if you're not going to go to the job fair and follow some of the advice we have here then you uh, you probably shouldn't go at all because you don't have to have a negative concept in the images of the airline Sorry, Eric, do you have any advice there real quick before we get into all these? Yeah, I mean, we've talked
1: about this before. But, you know, so much of the business of aviation is perception um, and the way you convey yourself, the way you conduct yourself, um, the professional image that you put forth. And if you go into a job fair looking like a slob or talking like a slob or acting like a slob or acting like somebody who's hostile or whatever the case may be, it will put a foul taste in the recruiter's mouth, or you know whoever it is that you're talking to. And just be aware that you know when you get to a position where you're coming in for an interview maybe uh, from you know the fruits of a job fair, if that recruiter you know had a, a negative opinion of you, you certainly you'll, you should get another opportunity to redeem yourself. You know if you get the chance to come in for an interview, obviously they saw something they liked. But just make sure that when you're doing job fairs, um, you know, and in, interviewing is, a, is another thing. A job fair is a really quick way to put yourself in front of a potential employer. You don't have very long. Everybody's there for the same purpose. And you really have to stand out. And you want to stand out in a good way, not a bad way. So the main, if, I said, if I had one piece of advice about going to a job fair, it's be the professional that they want to hire for the position. It, it, and, and I think a lot of what we're going to talk about here in just a little while addresses that point. But n- not just be a professional, not just be a pilot or a mechanic or uh, you uh know, flight attendant, whatever the case may be. Be the professional the employer wants for the position. That's Eric's sage words of wisdom for the podcast.
0: Great. Hey, great advice, Eric. I appreciate that. Well, let's get into this whole list here of things uh, because we have, a, we have a list and we only have about an hour to get through this. Oh, and by the way… If you have any questions, go to feedback at com. If you uh, want to type it in a form, com slash contact. I know we have some Q&A. We have a lot of questions out there. Got a little backed up with the Sun and Fun Air show. I uh, basically shut down the podcast for two weeks while that happened. Uh, so we're we're back up and rolling. So if you have questions and I haven't gotten back to you, I'm going to do that starting this week. I have a lot of time off this month, so I'm really trying to catch up. Uh, I've been working at this like 12 hours a day just to catch up on things. I do appreciate your your questions, though, so uh, we'll get back to those soon and shortly. For contact information, of course, you'll see Eric's contact information there, too. Uh, so Also, don't need to take notes. Just go to aviashakerspodcast.com/slash/fifty-three. So here's our job fair advice. Uh, the first thing is, and, and this is really important, this is the one thing that I always tell people is, number one know everything possible about the attendees okay say every attendee that you are gonna be focusing on know as much as possible and know everything know everything about the one place that you want to apply to and that's true in any interview process that's true in anything you do but there's other opportunities out there and don't forget that you may get hired by some of those other companies so make sure you do your research Look up the attendees, even if it's just one thing about that attendee, and it's not someplace that you're going to apply to, or you think you're not, you're going to apply to, make sure you actually know something about that. Try to know everything. Uh, that you possibly can about the one that you want to go to or maybe there's two or three that you want to go towards. Uh, that includes stock prices. That includes news. Yahoo Finance has some great stuff out there. Uh, you know, I, I use that to follow a lot of different companies. Uh, there's, there's lots of different uh, tools that they have out there. Eric, are there any tools that you, you use for knowing things about different companies?
1: I mean, I know this sounds simplistic, but the company's website. Go to their About Us page. I mean, companies are not are not shy about telling you what they think is important. Uh, just simply go to the to the employer's webpage, go to their about us page, read who they are, what their mission is, what their philosophy is, and uh, you know, if you have that one thing, you can connect with with the recruiter, uh, whether it's a recruiting officer for the company or whether it's a you know a, uh, like in your position, Carl, if you're an, an actual employee of the company who's screening people for that particular position whatever the case may be, if you just the one way to connect with that person on a level more than just, I have this many flight hours and I used to work here or whatever. Well, the, everybody has that. If you can connect with that recruiter in a way that makes them go, "Ooh, this person actually knows something about our company, that creates another conversation. And it does put that little spark in the recruiter's mind and you know lets them know that you did your homework. You're actually interested in their company. You're not just uh, you're not just shotgunning resumes all over the place.
0: And by uh, having that that knowledge too, you can ask uh, some very appropriate questions. Uh, not not something like, "Well, where do you guys fly to?" Uh, I've <laughs> right. heard, heard that don't a do that. times. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't do that. And what type of airplanes do you have? Especially at a company that maybe just has one type or two types of airplanes. So that that's pretty important not to do that. Uh, I don't know what other silly questions you've heard.
1: Oh, man, they run the gamut. Um, I, I heard person, I overheard a person at a job fair one time talking to an airline, ask if it was possible to work for two airlines at the same time. And the recruiter was a little puzzled by the question and said, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, you know, I'm cultivating my options. And, you know, if, if this other airline wants to pick me up, I'm just curious if maybe I can fly part-time with both of you. <laughs> no no you, you can't do that <laughs> and i remember just standing there and the recruiter was looking at this person going you cannot possibly be asking me this question right now but i mean it was happening and there were other people just standing there wondering when this was going to stop but i mean know know who you're talking to know the basics uh you know where are the bases you know where are what aircraft do they operate um yeah, you know, and and all of this stuff you can find online. It's not you know, a simple Google search will give you that information. If you're feeling really daring, as Carl and I have discussed before, you can go to the the mystical forum boards and read all that stuff that's out there. You know, you're gonna need a filter to get through it, make sure you're getting, you know, accurate and useful information. Don't listen to people who are just ranting to hear themselves rant. But you, know, you can find anything you need to know about potential employers online. There's no reason to go in. And I, I've heard a lot of people before use the technique that, well, if I'm asking the recruiter questions about the company, it shows that I'm interested. No, it shows the recruiter you didn't do your homework. Right. Um, it shows the rec- recruiter you know nothing about their company. That's not a good thing. Go in with the basic information done and be ready to engage in a conversation. I mean
0: that's that's the basics of it I think. Yes, yes. And and just to to make sure people don't get the misconception, you can ask questions. I mean, if you ask some very insightful question uh, like, hey, you know, I heard you're moving certain aircraft to a certain base. They really didn't say anything on the news about this, or in what I read. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? That shows that you did do some research, and this is like inside knowledge that you're getting. Those kind of questions are good. I mean, the, and
1: that's a question that shows that you that you care about the operations of the company. That shows that's a level above. I want to come work for you and get paid. Right. Um, that's that you actually care how the company runs you know, how they make their management decisions, how they make their staffing and equipment decisions. That's a good quality to have.
0: And one thing too, about just to put nail this on the head here, is that if you know everything possible about that airline, you also know what is their driving force, what their mission statement is. Make sure you know that when you go in, because there's some airlines that will not even hire you without having their mission statement memorized and so that's really important to know that too. Uh, So definitely know everything possible about the attendees, know everything possible about that airline. You can never know enough Uh, Read books about the airline. I know uh, I actually invested in the stock of the airline that I wanted to go work for. I read as many books as possible. So I was really, really engaged and involved in that airline. And it it enabled me to actually ask some questions that were a little more insightful, uh, had a little more depth to them. So make sure you do that. So that was our first thing. Know everything possible about the attendees, especially the one that you're applying to and want to get a job with. The next thing is use positive words. Use positive words. And, uh, you know, one of, if you have something that is, don't use the word bad, okay? Use the word, say, challenge. This was a challenge to me. Uh, there's, there's many ways to change that wording, and uh, you don't want to come across as being very negative. So try to use positive words as much as possible. Have an example, Eric, of, of a positive word that we can use?
1: Well, sure. I mean, even your next point there, avoid words such as hate. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you can exchange hate for concern rather than, you know, I really hate this about this company. Um, this decision really concerned me because blah, blah, blah. Now that takes a negative word and shows, again, that you care, that you're interested, that you're more than just somebody collecting a check. That's a good thing. Um You know, I mean, sure, there are companies out there and I'm not necessarily talking about airlines, but there are plenty of companies who would love it if you would just put your head down, close your eyes, you know, stamp your time card and go home. Um, You know, and, and that's that's fine. Those those industries exist. But by and large, if you're going to be working in a people business, which aviation is, you know, showing that you have the ability to carry on a conversation Without being overtly negative, even uh, in regards to a negative situation. Um, You know, I've heard before about, you know, uh, pilots who would work for a certain airline and go to interview or to go to a job fair and talk to recruiters from another airline. You know, the recruiters, people who work for these other companies, these competitors, they know what goes on behind the scenes. Don't be shocked when a recruiter or a Uh, uh, you know, a recruiting pilot or whatever asks you, well, what did you think about this thing, this situation that happened at this last place you're working? You know, you can almost think of it as an interview question because that's really what it is. It's it's designed to determine how you're going to react. And, you know, blasting off on a tirade is a really good way to have that person go, okay, this person is a psycho. Let's move on to the next person. (laughs) Because when there are 200 and something people in line to talk to a recruiter, You know, again, they don't have 50 minutes to have, you know, to discuss your theory on life on Earth. You know, they need to ask you a couple of questions, generate some basic interest from you and from themselves, and then move on to the next person. So you've got – it's speed dating, you know. You've You've got 30 seconds to make an impression. Don't make it a negative one by being a negative person.
0: And, and that's a good example, speed dating, because sometimes uh, you can take up more time, sometimes less. And uh, as with speed dating, uh, those 30 seconds can last forever sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know that, yeah. The, the, uh, but the, using those positive words, I think, is, is really important, just like the second. And the next one is avoid words such as hate. Uh, one of the things that, that surprised me – oh, and by the way, before we continue, a, a quick caveat. Some of you listening uh, actually met me at uh, the job fair. And you're probably wondering, is this you that I'm talking about? Uh, it may be. Um, if it is, I mean, just learn from from that situation. And uh, if you have any questions and and think it may have been you that I'm talking about, just send it to me. I'm not going to call anybody out. But there are some things that you may not know that you're doing uh, that we can you know fix right here. And this is the time to do it. Is is in this type of form as opposed to, to going to a job fair and and really killing it. Um, as a matter of fact. Just an example. I had uh, asked somebody at the job fair to that this is, or I had told them this is the process that the way that the application process goes, and the person said to me, "Well, I hate that," and I was like, uh, "Really? You know, I couldn't. I, I my mouth hit the ground." I said, "So you hate the process that we have here to apply for this airline?" And so now you're telling me that, so now you're not really interested in applying, I guess? Is that is that possibly what you're trying to tell me? So so that was my perception of what he said, is uh, that he, he hated the process. But gosh, you know, maybe he just hates the airline. I'm not sure. Uh, so I couldn't tell what he hated at that point. And then I had him explain that he, you know, hates doing uh, applications, say, online, you know, that type of thing. And so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so then... Maybe it's time to move on to the next person, I guess. <laughs> you know, so try to, try to uh, not say that. As a matter of fact, that leads to another avoid. And, and this, this was really shocking, and this doesn't happen very often, but it happened in the last job fair, is make sure you avoid sexist remarks. Uh, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't the time, even if, if you do feel that way, uh, this isn't the time to bring that out. That also was was a a big shocker. uh, Was a certain certain remarks um, that can be sexist um, or inappropriate or uh, inappropriate to any class of person. Let's say, Uh, and I think that that was uh, that's something. There's the external voice and internal voice, and I think (laughs) I think that a lot of times people, even even as they get older, don't understand that. Um, and, you know, maybe it's good that the person brought that out because that's maybe somebody we should think about passing over, Uh, but it's very hard for somebody once you hear something like that to not relate it to the recruiter. Just like Eric said, people talk to each other. As a matter of fact, you know, after this job fair, uh, we kind of hung out a little bit and talked to the different recruiters from all the different airlines, and (laughs) we shared some notes, and and this this was one of them. I I was, like, absolutely shocked that... I wasn't the only one that heard that. Uh, so you really want to avoid any type of sexist remarks. Uh, you know, Eric, I, I hope you haven't heard something like that.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, it's it's rampant. It, it blows my mind. The things, I, I think people assume that because it's a job fair and it's less formal than an interview, that you can, you know, just, I don't know, be yourself or whatever. It's, you know, if, if that's the kind of person you are, and you, you hate women, or you hate men, or you, you hate African Americans, or what, whatever your thing is—I mean, what, what you know, whatever your bias is—if um, that's how you feel, you know, personally, you know, you know, I, I think maybe you should reevaluate that. But that's a personal decision. Regardless, um, you know, when you're talking to somebody else, uh, you, like, like Carl said, there's there's internal voice and external voice, and there are some things that you just don't say. Um, you know, and, and I I liken it to to my young kids. I mean, I have a six year old and a four year old. My six year old will tell people, you know, in the grocery store, um, you know, that they I, I don't know. She'll say something about their their hair being two different colors, you know, and that's embarrassing. You know, you're standing there as the parent, like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> please stop talking about their skin or whatever it is that, that you know. The, but it's a kid. You know, they don't understand the difference between internal and external voice but if you if you are a parent and you've had a kid embarrass you or you've been around your you know your family members' kids, or you remember being a kid and saying things that embarrassed yourself, it's the same thing like you're not six years old anymore if you're, if you're going to be an adult and a professional in a business with a responsibility quotient as high as aviation, you might want to learn how to convey ideas in a politically correct way, <laughs> just maybe just a general recommendation to you. But, um, yeah, I had heard several of the – I went in and spoke with many of the recruiters also um, you know, in terms for my program looking at potential um, you know, hiring agreements and pipeline agreements with, with airlines for my students. And it was the same thing. I, you know For somebody to slip up and say something in conversation when they're trying to tell a joke and it really wasn't appropriate, you shouldn't have done it. But, okay, it was a one-time mistake. But to have multiple people tell me that multiple people came to them with sexist comments – it's like, really? People still do that, but apparently so. Apparently, that's still an issue that we have to remind people about. When you go to a job fair, pretend you're sitting at, a, at an interview with the CEO of the company, because you might be, <laughs> you might be. <laughs> um, and I know you're going to get to that a little while. Carl. A good
0: story for that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, my goodness, you might the, the recruiter you might be talking to might also be the chief pilot for the airline. You you never know. Well, you should know. But you never know who else is around listening to you. You know, again, going back to my first comment from the beginning, be the professional the person wants to hire or, you know, don't bother because you're just wasting your time and their time if you're going to be in there, you know, with schoolyard rules.
0: You know, and, and that's a good point. But also, let's look look inwardly. And if you're someone that, that truly is doesn't like a specific group of people, remember when you work for an airline you're going to be involved with people from all walks of life, uh, so if you're not tolerant towards all walks of life, then you're going to you're you're going to not like the job very much at all, and uh, that does happen. And I feel bad for those people that that it really is is something. I mean, I, we all know about what happened with a specific airline that had a stuck microphone and some of the comments that were made, and that kind of personifies some of the comments that I've actually heard at a job fair plus remember this if you're having a conversation with somebody else that you know and trust and are going to make such a remark that uh, we sometimes can hear you and we're standing off to the side and it's like wow did that guy just say that or did that girl just say that and it's like oh boy so you might get some some check marks against you on that one so try not to do that I'm trying to make this positive so let's let's uh, let's go to something positive so that's that's it avoid sexist remarks um another thing that people forget to do at a job fair now uh, remember the job fair that that we went to was kind of a it was put together somewhat last minute but but uh, some people didn't realize that there was going to be a job fair and they actually were at the event of Sun and Fun. So I understand that you may have missed this point. The point is bring your resume. Always, always, always bring your resume. But not just one. Bring a lot of copies of your resume. And also with that, know what's on your resume. Uh, you know, if, if, you start, if you hand me your resume uh, and I start discussing something and you say, gosh, I don't remember that, um, make <laughs> if you put it on your resume. Make sure that you review your resume before handing it to somebody. Because if you say, "I don't remember that," I'm thinking in my mind, did he put this on his resume to make his resume look good, and is he lying to me about something on his resume? And that that throws up a flag. And I understand people are nervous, but you know, there. Make sure you bring your resume and you know your resume. Uh, that that's something that uh, gosh I've I've been interviewing people in a consulting business for years and and that was one of the things that I would ask a specific you know technology that I'd asked about and the person would get it wrong and I'm like well gosh didn't you say you had some you know qualifications here it's like well well I really didn't do work in that programming language I've looked at it though it's like oh my gosh you know then don't put it on your resume if you say you know it
1: if I had a dollar for everybody I'd interviewed who'd put you know, some type of airplane they had experience in, you start asking about the airplane because you flew it too. You know, and they're like, uh, I have no, idea. they start answering, they start answering your questions with information that makes it obvious that they have no idea what they're talking about. It's like, look, if you're going to lie on your resume, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's like our, that's my first impression of you. Like we haven't even gotten you into training yet. We haven't even gotten you in, in front of our customers yet. If you're going to lie on your resume, um, first of all, just don't do that. It's a terrible idea. Um, if you're going to do it, know your lie. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I, I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed for positions in the past who, you know, had things on their resume that it was obvious that they had no real experience with. They just put it in their resume because it looked good. It's just that's a terrible idea. Don't do that.
0: You know what? And also, and I have a little caveat there, I actually bungled up an interview and actually was able to get the job where the person asked me, you know, what was the first airliner that you flew? And I messed up that I said, I told him something. I said, oh, no, no, wait a minute, that wasn't it. It was this. And finally, the guy's looking at me like I'm nuts. I said, listen, I need to explain why I'm messing this up. I was furloughed so many times that i never did a recurrent training for four years so let me go back and just you know order which airplanes i i had and and they uh they actually accepted me after that but if you do bungle something up say you do something like that make sure you admit it and say hey i screwed up i this is why i can't remember because of this and uh or if say eric you know sometimes it's not fair from the interviewer to ask such a question so eric might see that i've flown a seminal and Eric starts asking me questions about a Seminole. Well, I could tell you it has two engines, but the rest of it, I may not know because it's been maybe 20 years since I've flown one. Uh, right. so, so make sure you tell the person that's interviewing you that that's the case. Uh, don't say you have recent time and say, hey, listen, I have time, but it was many years ago.
1: Right. And that, you, what I usually see with that would be in a, you know, there's there's the block where you're going to put all your flight time um, and you're going to list different, uh, you know, different types of aircraft that you've flown. It's usually at the bottom of the resume where people are listing all the other airplanes that they've flown because they think a big list looks good. And, I mean, to some extent that it does. But if I see an airplane in there that I'm familiar with that I've flown or that I know somebody who flies, I may ask you a question about it. If you start going off on the tangent of, yes, I know this airplane, and then I find out that you don't, that's a bad thing. You say, well, um, you know, yes, I have flown a G2. Because I have a friend who flies one, and he asked me to come fly with him one day. It was an awesome experience, great, uh, great introduction to the aircraft. And, you know, I got to get into the system. I did work on the radios and sort of, you know, followed him through the moves. But, you know, I'm definitely not proficient in the airplane. It's, it's owning it. It's being honest. It's the same technique we tell uh, pilot applicants um, before, uh, before a, a practical test. You know, you're not going to do everything right. You're probably going to mess something up. And that's okay. When you, when you do, own it, acknowledge it, explain it, and then move on. Don't let it drag you down. The point is don't come in there with a padded resume and start trying to pass off the fact that you have some experience or knowledge that you don't have because eventually somebody's going to see through that and that's going to be a really bad thing.
0: Great point. So know your resume, bring in your resume, don't lie on your resume, and know what you have on your resume and be willing to talk about what's there. Um, so the next thing that we're going to talk about is when you go to a job fair, one of the more important things you can do is dress appropriately. Now, looking at this, this job fair here, that was last minute, we had some people show up in in shorts and a t-shirt. Now that normally would not be okay. But the one person that I talked to said, listen, I, I didn't even know about this job fair until 15 minutes ago and there was an open slot. I'm just here at the air show, and I wanted to come talk to you. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, but if you have planned this in advance, and it says you should be in you know, business attire, uh, try wearing a, a suit and a tie. Uh, and as far as that tie is concerned... Uh, or some dress outfit. We, there, there's, it's okay to wear something that is interesting uh, within your tie. Uh, say you're into aviation and there's airplanes on your tie. Just make sure that's appropriate. Uh, I know I, I, wear, <laughs> I wear a tie quite often that has geese in it. And then it has uh, Mickey Mouse flying a little airplane, and he lo- it it and it blends right in, so people don't really notice it until they get really close to me.
1: Uh, There's something about that that does not surprise me at all about you, Carl. You would have a geese tie with Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse flying, on it. It. yeah, yep. and
0: and they're all mixed in there, and and I have many different aviation ties and. Uh, you know, pretty geeky looking ties, but you know, at an interview I'd, I'd wear something much more subdued. Uh, I would, I'd wear that to a meeting an aviation meeting, but in an interview where i I want to get the job, you have to be really careful. Uh, don't have like something huge on your, on your tie, but, uh, Eric, next time I see you, I'll probably be wearing the tie with the, the geese and the, the Mickey Mouse on it.
1: Yeah, I'll be wearing my tie that has um, the picture of all the almonds on it.
0: All the almonds, no. We're in, and that's an inside <laughs> joke. Not really inside anymore. <laughs> the almond haters out there that there are. See, there's that hate. Don't use that hate word again. Don't use negative words, Carl. You're not words. listening to your own I advice. Oh, gosh. I'm not getting this job, am I? I <laughs> Never. with Eric. and speaking of which, by the way, there is somebody uh, I had talked about that was going to come on the show uh, that does interviews and interview prep, and she's given me some really good advice. Uh, she was actually moving, and so now once she's settled in, we're, we're going to have her on the show, and she does some really, really good interview prep. So uh, it's pretty pretty cool stuff, and, and a lot of what we're talking about, she'll talk about. So again, dress appropriately. Uh, don't come in anything that's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um <clears throat> you're, you're looking for a job, not a date, I guess is the best way to say it, <laughs> um, and there's some, some things that, you know, if you're, you know, uh, I, I noticed some people, the this, this, this skirt should be appropriate length. And what you're wearing, say I, I, I can't say much more there. Eric helped me out with that one, but uh, <laughs> <just> let me. <laughs> no, I'm dang, gonna let you I'm d- gonna let me dangle keep a little one. bit. Yeah, but but really, there's certain things that you know if you know, it's one of those things you you know what's wrong you know when you see it kind of thing. So if it if it instills anything other than professionalism, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, don't wear it. You know, wear something a lot more professional, a lot more conservative looking.
1: Yeah, uh, I will just say about the dress thing. You know, I heard from people who i know who know that i you know i'm connected I'm a good partner with sun and fun who complained vehemently about having to wear a suit and tie to a job fair at sun and fun because they wanted you know they were going to get into sun and fun in a suit and tie go to a job interview and then have to walk around all day in a suit and tie it, two things there one your willingness to wear a suit and tie in the heat and come to an event like Sun and Fun and come there says something about your willingness to do things that are not necessarily pleasant that still have to be done. If you think your career in aviation is all going to be 10 a.m. starts at your home base, five minutes away from your house, you know, that's not the way this business works. I don't know how many times you've changed bases, Carl, probably a few, <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: you know, and there are, there are some unpleasantries in any job that have to be realized. There are some in aviation. And I know that it sounds like a simple thing to have to put on a tie, a suit and tie go out in the heat and wait to get in to see, you know, somebody for a job interview or, you know, job fair at Sun and Fun. You know, that says something about your willingness to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. The other point of that, maybe shared point of that is if you can't, if you can't be resourceful enough to realize you could carry a bag with a change of clothes in it to the job fair, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, it seems like in this podcast, I'm bashing people, Carl. I don't mean uh, yeah, to be you're so negative. No I negative comments. I, here. I don't, I don't mean for it to sound negative. I'm no, just, right. this is just common sense people right, like, right. yes, you have to wear a suit and tie. And then when it's over, take the suit and tie off. Put on a pair of shorts and go out to the vintage ramp and have a good afternoon. I mean, this is not rocket science. And I I have to tell people that I've known for years. I mean, and I hate to be just blunt, but grow up. You know, this is is a a potential career, a job. Yes, put on a suit and tie. Go and impress somebody. Then put on a pair of shorts and go have a good day. And accept the fact that your life is not always going to be what you want it to be all the time. I know it's kind of a soapbox. Maybe we need to do no. a life, just a general life lessons podcast, yes, Carl. Yes. Well, now this just is pour all out all of my grandfather's wisdom on you.
0: And, and, and you know, Eric, I'm glad you brought that up because this can work in any job interviews. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, it's uh, or what industry. But yes, there's there's certain things that work uh, no matter where you are in life. Uh, you know, but but to put a positive spin on, on what you had here, because we don't want this to be a negative at all. I met some a gentleman, and he told me he just found out about this whole job fair the day before he said you know what i ran out to the a local store i think he went to like macy's or something bought a suit and tie came back and came to that job fair knowing that there may not be an opportunity for him uh to even get a job because a lot of the airlines were just doing information only and they weren't actually taking resumes but he went out and and he got himself a a suit and tie and i told him i said listen You know, shoot me an email, remind me of that, because I tell you what, that says something about you. I met
1: that guy, and I can tell you, that guy is as good as gold. Yes. Super nice guy, Um, (laughs) really outstanding uh, attitude and philosophy. I, I enjoyed talking to him. And I think he made an impression not just on you, but on several of the other recruiters that were there as well. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's the way that it should be.
0: And and there was a couple people who done, who did that, by the way. So there, there was a few folks out there, and hats off to you for doing that, uh, to, to actually getting a, a suit and tie and going to the interview. i tell you what, I have one suit and tie that I've only worn once, and that was for a job interview. And, and just to, to hit the nail on the head with this one, we look at that suit and tie as a three to seven million dollar proposition, because that's what you're going to make over the lifetime working for that airline. So just think about that, and, and that makes it look really small and, <laughs> and insignificant having to wear that that suit and tie for that interview. So just remember that it's it could be a lot of money that you're talking about, especially if it's a major airline uh, over the over the lifetime of that of that career. So dress appropriately. Uh, there's a thing called Dress for Success that I've read in the past. Um, there's probably some other good ones out there. Uh, so just, just take a look at some of those, and I'll, I'll try to put a little link to that, Dress for Success, too, and some other things that you should use for interviews. Um, moving to the second thing about the company. We said to know everything about the company. Uh, One other thing that you can do, and this is a little more difficult, I I understand, but you should try as hard as you can to do this. Know the officers in the company, but also know their faces and the pictures. And and you know the bigwigs? I mean, I should say all the people that that are on the news, you'll be able to find out who they are if you've gone back and looked at archives of of news footage about that airline. Uh, Excuse me. and I don't think that's... That's that difficult to do, especially if the the, the chief financial officer maybe chief operating officer, but especially know who the CEO is of, of the company that you're applying to. Had an interesting conversation with somebody standing at the booth, and he's talking to me, and, and I didn't, you know, I was trying to get his attention um, and say, hey, you know, uh, you might want to meet some other people at this booth, you know, or, or somebody else. Well, what was interesting is standing to my left was the CEO of the airline. And I tried to kind of push him towards that, but I couldn't come out and say it because the person, the CEO, could actually hear what I was saying. Uh, Finally, the CEO walked away. And I looked at him and said, hey, listen, uh, just to let you know, that was a great opportunity to get to talk to the CEO. He goes, oh, where is he? I said, he was the gentleman that was standing next to me. And he's like, oh. Darn! I could have talked to him, couldn't I? And I said, "Yeah." I said, "So that, so if you're gonna come to a job fair, try to do some research on those officers within the company. That that's uh, so. So make sure you you know who the CEO is of the company, and at least know the CEO, the president. Uh, say the operational people, some of the chief pilots, etc. If you, because a lot of these websites, like Eric said, it's it's not that hard to find out under the contact information. Uh, I know, I know. Like when I did an interview of the CEO of Tampa International Airport, I needed to find a picture uh, for him because I like to keep pictures just so I can keep track of people. I, I'm very visual, and uh, so I, I put that in my contact list. But it was so easy. I just went to the Tampa International Airport website. There's the CEO, and I got a picture. I know what he looks like now. So you can do that too. But I, I, I just, I can't say enough to to really get to know the officers. And in general, when you go to an interview, make sure you do know the chief operating officer, maybe the vice president of flight ops, and possibly the chief pilot, and maybe some of the chief pilots at the different bases. So that's that's probably a good idea to get to know those. Uh, so really, really get to know those officers. Uh, that that was quite an embarrassment for this, this individual, and I think I hopefully drove it home that maybe he won't do that again. I didn't want to embarrass him at all, but I had to tell him, listen, you know, that was... The person next to me, that was a CEO, and you just, you know, had an opportunity there. So that's uh, – and, and you know, we learn from our mistakes. So that's awesome. Right. Uh, I don't think he'll do that again.
1: That's and great. I think two points to add there, um, you know, even if you're not going to go into the uh, the minutia of, you know, who has what position and all of that. If you got – you know, if, if you're going to a job fair with, you know, five, ten airlines present, it can be difficult, obviously – to you know, to figure out who everybody is, the the best way around that, quite honestly, is just to get to know everybody at the booth. Um, you know, several of the booths that I went to um, had multiple people in the booth who were there. You know, you, everybody's had that moment where you're talking amongst you know three or four people, and somebody else comes up into the conversation, and nobody includes them. It's that awkward moment where somebody's standing there and nobody's saying anything to the person. Don't be that guy. <laughs> right. if, if, you're, if you're talking to somebody and there are other people around them on the other side of the table or whatever, on the, you know, on the employer side, get to know them. Extend your hand. Tell them who you are, what you do. You know, Very simple technique. Very simple. I've done this myself. When you meet people and, you have, and you're completely overwhelmed and you have no idea who everybody is, it's very simple. You introduce yourself. They tell you your, their name, and you say, what do you do for X? Airline or ex company or whatever. What's your position? Okay, I'm the chief pilot on this airplane. Oh, well, it's great to get to meet you. I love that airplane. I have a good friend, you know, that I used to work with here that flies that airplane. You know, it's a way to make a connection. It's and it's not illegal to ask the person what they do. You know, and if if you know, you introduce yourself to the CEO of the company and you say, "What's your position?" You know, you may think that seems kind of embarrassing. But you know what's even more embarrassing? Ignoring the CEO of a major airline. That's a really, really bad idea. And it's much better to seem like a sociable people person because guess what? If I haven't said it, have I said this yet? Aviation is a people business. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've said it. I've, I say it all the time. But, I mean, just get to know people. Anybody who's on that side of the table, take a minute, talk to them, find out what they do. Even if they don't work in the position you want to work for, it just makes you look like more of a team player to be the guy who can go out and have a conversation. It's a good quality to have an employee in an aviation business.
0: You know, we are truly ambassadors for our airlines as pilots, especially and and, you know, flight attendants, anybody that interacts with the general public, because when they look at me, they say, you know, that person, that's brand X airline, that person right there, they're representing that airline and, and they don't see it any differently. Uh, so if you, if, if you have an interaction with something somebody and somebody it's not positive, it really it reflects on the company uh, that you're working for. So you really have to be careful uh, and that's the type of people they're looking for, people that, that can actually interact and be ambassadors for the airline that they work for. and, and which is incredibly important. Uh, by the way, just so I don't get too much hate mail, if I am pouring these things out, uh, you know, don't feel bad. Just remember to learn from whatever mistake it is. And uh, that's why we're not calling out any names or anything like that. Uh, but, but try to learn from this, this and, and move forward. Okay. It's time to, okay, I messed that up. I'm moving on. I'll, I won't do it again type of thing. Uh, cause believe me, I've made a lot of these same mistakes. So, uh, you just, you figure it out, you move forward and, you, you know, Put a positive spin on it. Say, okay, I won't do that again. It's it's like anything else. You know, the first time I was ice skating, I fell down a few times. And then after that, I was fine. Uh, so you're going to do that. You're going to fall down a couple times. And then you will just get it back up and do it again and, and move forward. So, Next point. This is a tough one. Uh, I like to say this. I'm going to say it. And then you're going you're to be like, really, Carl? Uh, the one thing that you should try to do is relax as much as possible. And, boy, is that difficult. The way that I, I do this, and you're probably saying, yeah, easy for you to say. You're not the one trying to get the job. Well, you know, I've, I've looked at jobs before. The best way to relax, uh, in my mind, is just, just think about the person you're going to talk to. Think about the company you're going to talk about. Don't worry about your your impression on them. Worry more about what you want to know about that company and worry more about the information uh, that that company is going to give you and that you're going to give to that company about you. Don't, don't think don't, the minutia, don't sweat the small stuff. In other words, there is uh, one of the things that, that we do when we interview people. And I, and Eric has done this in the past and I do this all the time is I try to make that person relax when they're, they're in front of me. And uh, I know Eric, you've, I'm sure you've had experience there where I, I've seen, I know people have walked up to me at the show and they were sweating. Their palms are sweating and they were really, you know, the cold sweat and that kind of thing. They were super nervous. And I, the first thing that I do when I get somebody who's super nervous is say, "Hey, how's it going? How do you like the air show?" Or, uh, "Hey, you've been flying lately, and uh, you know, what about that weather?" And you kind of kind of throws them off guard instead of me starting to ask them questions. And then finally, once you you know a good interviewer will see when you calm down, and when you calm down, then we can start asking you questions. But uh, so try as hard as you can to, to realize that that person standing next to you that's that's uh, talking to you they're just another person and uh, they want to get to know you that's all they want to do uh, so remember that so that that should relax you a little bit but you know don't be overly relaxed uh, where where you seem uninterested so but try it try as hard as you can to relax there's many ways to do that I'm sure Eric you have a couple things that that you do to help relax you before an interview.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I can't talk about him on a family-friendly podcast. I'm well, kidding. No, I'm that's kidding. Kidding. the other that's thing. A no joke.
0: drinking no, alcohol, like <laughs> like he was about to say. No, I'm just
1: kidding. No, no, but <laughs> so, you know that's something I, I've heard that before. You know, yes. just you know, take a take a drink. Like, no, don't do that because they're going to smell that on your breath. That's a exactly. really stupid idea. <laughs> no, I actually had a, a business communication teacher in college tell me that the best way to breeze through an interview without being nervous. Is to view the interviewer or the recruiter or whatever as a coworker. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the position of, you know, obviously you want to work for this company theoretically, or you wouldn't be interviewing or go into a, you know talking to them at a job fair. Put yourself in a position where you already work for that company, and this person you're talking to is one of your coworkers. They do a different job than you do, maybe, but they're an, a fellow member of Brand X Company, whatever it is. Um, and you know, I have found that technique to be great for me because it reminds me that the person I'm talking to is just another person. And to get the job that that person has right now, they had to interview for it, um, and maybe had to interview for multiple jobs to get to that position where they're at. Um, and if you remember that, if you humanize the interview process, there's a lot less reason to be, you know, jittery. Now, are you going to be nervous? Well, of course, you're going to be nervous. It's a job interview. It's not, I mean, you're not going to just go into it breezing with your sunglasses on. And don't do that, by the way, because it makes you look like you're really cavalier. I mean, you should take it seriously. But the best way to not be nervous at a job interview is to realize that it's just a conversation. At the end of the day, you are having a conversation with another human being, maybe a couple of human beings. It's no different than what you do every other day of your your life. The main difference between the two is that you want something out of this conversation. And, and if you go into it with that mentality, I think it's a lot less intimidating than thinking, "Oh my goodness, my entire life hangs on the next thirty seconds, and I'm, there's no point in living if I screw this up." I mean, come on, that's that's a little over the top.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. Some some people, you know, talk about you know, imagine the person across from you. And there's books written on this, you know, as if they were naked, but. Yeah, that's another that that's a whole nother book that's been written. I'll even try to have a link to that. And it, it does. I mean I get up and do a lot of public speaking. I don't have much of a problem anymore, but I was used to be super nervous speaking in public and and one of the things that i did is i tried to relate to the people in the audience as if they were just somebody else i'm having a conversation with just like what eric just said and it really does work well we got gosh eric we're we're only a little over halfway through the list so we gotta move on along here so relax as much as possible we'll have some links uh to what i just talked about there uh the next thing that we want to look at is when you're at a job fair and you see a company there, try to remember and figure out why you want to work for that company that's exhibiting. They're going to probably ask you that question, you know, why do you want to work for my company? And if you have no idea, it uh, you may have had an idea beforehand uh, or a long time ago, but make sure you refresh that in your mind as to why you want to work for that company. Mine was easy. I knew I knew why I wanted to work for the company that I'm working for now and it still is the same actually and you know there was there was a, a couple a couple reasons and I'm able to say those very quickly and it's still true so you what that does it shows that you've looked into the company you're interested in this company you want to work for and it helps you in getting and becoming less nervous you know so if you know why you want to be there you say hey listen you guys have the best peanuts i've ever had out of any airline and if you have the, the and i really want to work for an airline that has those kind of peanuts now make sure it's not quite that shallow because if they tell you well we're getting rid of those peanuts next month then uh, then you're out of there and they're changing to the almonds well then, and if you just told them that you don't like almonds, then you're you're in trouble. So so make sure you don't do that. Uh, Eric what's <laughs> what else can you say towards knowing about something about the company that
1: well if you again? ever go to a job fair or an interview and Carl is there don't mention anything about almonds <laughs> just keep that to yourself
0: inside um, joke by the way
1: <laughs> and uh, me too you know if I'm at a job fair and Carl's there at the same time you definitely don't want to talk about almonds somebody might get hurt uh,
0: and, and uh, just to let people know I, a lot of people understand I'm not a big fan of almonds and we talked about this before but we were trying to come up with something negative and, and, and somehow this has kept playing out and uh, I'm soon going to enjoy it. I'm going to start start eating almonds uh, and, and make people happy that are in the just so I'll, business. Just so I'll
1: just stop so bringing stop it up stop teasing me <laughs> oh no I'll find something else to tease no, you I'm sure oh, you will. you know me well enough for that no there's plenty of things I mean this one this, this was just this easy I mean you just set yourself up <laughs> I did. for
0: this I really did so don't set yourself up for failure like I did when I mentioned <laughs> that to Eric that I didn't like almonds because people, a lot of these interviewers, can take that and run with it, and they might start getting digging deeper into that. So, <laughs> but uh,
1: again, know no, why I mean, you want to work. So Eric, what, yeah. I, I think this is a simple one. I mean, if if you're if you're going around talking to potential employers, there should be a reason you want to work for that employer. There there are two different ways to approach a job fair. One is. You legitimately want to work for you know one, two, and three employers in that order, and the other approach is what I call shotgunning resumes, where you go and you're just handing resumes out to people, and you say you want to work there, so they'll give you an interview, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. And in, in the philosophy you go into it with really does matter, um, and if you're if you're serious about working for an airline, I'm not, and we're going to get to this in a second. It's not necessarily that you should just talk to one. The, the company you're most interested in, you should definitely spread your interest around. But you should go into it knowing and prepared with, a, you know, these are the people I want to talk with in, you know, one, two, three order. And then if I have time left over, then I'll talk to these other people. And I think by doing that, it allows you to, you know, prioritize who you're talking to and why and have that, you know, have your elevator speech ready. You know, this is this is who I am. This is why I want to work for you. This is how I can make your company better. Simple three points. I mean, just, you know, again, just a standard, normal conversation. But you can't do that if you don't know the company you're going to work for or you're going to interview with or whatever and why you might want to work there.
0: Great point. And that, that brings in the second next point that we were talking about. Don't forget to visit all the employers and not just the one that you're, you're looking to work for. I think that's really important because some people, they – they just, you know, and that's that's the other point. Follow on to this is just don't turn your nose up to any opportunity. Uh, you, you have to look at all the different employers there because you never know which one you might need to go towards to get a job. And, uh, you know, go around because you. the other thing, too, is say there's some company you know nothing about. You know, and if you don't admit it, say, "Hey, listen, I really, you know, this is the first time I've met anybody from your company. I don't know much about your company, but it looks like what you do is, you do is, seems interesting. Could you tell me a little bit about it?" And uh, you know, you may not be able to get the job that day, but you know, if you all of a sudden show an interest from what they're saying. That might be an in right there. Uh, so, so make sure you, you do. You visit everybody and never turn your nose up to an opportunity to talk to any of these recruiters. Whenever a recruiter says, "Hey, you want to talk to us?", uh, don't, don't, don't say no to that. So go visit everybody there at the job fair, whatever job fair it is, because you never know. Uh, some people are actually, interestingly enough, some people work uh, are families and they work for separate companies, but. You know, like their their cousin is over here working for one airline, and you visit this other airline, they can say, "Hey, listen, go visit my cousin at such and such an airline." So, it, it, it's a very very small community. Um, another point onto that, and I know we've talked about this before, about this this uh, pilot shortage. A lot of people are not showing up for classes. Um, I was at a uh, let's see, I was uh, I was at a. Uh, intro class, uh, to somebody, it was the first day actually at this one airline and they were, they were missing, I think three or four out of 30 people, uh, that were supposed to show up for class. So, and without them saying anything, like at the last minute that day, they said, listen, I'm not going to show up. Don't do that. Uh, you know, if you make sure you do show up, if you say you're going to show up, uh, but also at a job fair, the point is, you know, don't, don't go past these other people. And I'll tell you why. One thing that I noticed Uh, is that even the 10 year old that came up to me and said, Hey, I want to work for your airline. I'm like, that's great. You know, that's terrific. And it's, and, and I was totally inspired by this individual. And I said, you know what? This is, this is your goal right here. Is, is to be at this airline, at this booth. But let's now look at how you'll get to this point. How do we do that? Well, we're going to go over here, and we're going to talk to this person that has you know a turboprop and flies for a regional. Then we're going to go over here and talk to someone who's a jet operator, and then we'll move forward that way. But what if you're not the 10-year-old and you're the 30-year-old or you're the 40-year-old that hasn't flown in a dozen years? You haven't flown anything. And you know, I've seen this play out many, many times. You go to an interview with a company, and it should you, say you have, like, 6,000 hours on your resume. And then all of a sudden you get to, uh, like, different phases of all this. You've been to, like, a third interview, et cetera. And then all of a sudden it comes up, you know, what what kind of recent experience do you have? And you say to them, listen, I haven't flown in 10 years. They may suggest that you'll gain some experience at a regional, a cargo, or a corporate operator. So, again, never turn your nose up to any of those others. Uh, one thing I did see, and I don't know if Eric had noticed this, but I, I did see people go to the major airline booth and then when they saw the regional airline they didn't even stop by even though uh, i kind of suggested it a few times to some people they just walked out and they said no i don't even want to think about going to the regionals well sometimes you can't get to step two unless you do step one and step one is flying for a regional i don't know if you've noticed anybody doing that at the job fair this time eric
1: I did, and that seemed to be something that was going on early on, I think. There were a lot of people who showed up um, you know, for the major airline, and then um, j- they showed up for that, and that was, that was really all they came for, and then they left. And then I think there were other people who came in and you know, intended to spend the day and really took advantage of all the different opportunities that were there, even if they weren't necessarily looking for an immediate job with a particular carrier, they were looking at, okay, what's your what's your hiring package look like? What does your benefits package look like? Um, and engaging in that conversation. Um, because those are things, that, quite honestly, that it is very difficult to get accurate information about simply by doing a web search. Um, so, you know, for those kinds of questions, you really do need to go to, you know, to see airline representatives, to ask them those questions, and I, I think I think there was there was a lot more of that going on than what you described. Um, I did see some people doing the snub. Um, okay. Definitely don't don't advise that. That's a you know even if it's not something that's on your radar, and you know this is something I definitely want to do. It's still good if for no other reason than to have a frame of reference and just to understand. Uh, that, that would be my, go, my recommendation.
0: And, and one point you brought up here, some people came to stay for the day to look around. While those people were looking around, I did notice that. The, uh, the one major airline that was there, some of the executive officers showed up later on during the show. And uh, one of the chief pilots showed up. And I noticed an individual, and he actually hung around uh, during the whole show and then saw this and actually went over and introduced himself to uh, the chief pilot and also uh, to people that were there, the executive management, which was a very good idea. So, you know, don't go in there once and done, I'm out of here type of thing. Make sure you, you hang out and, and you do visit all the other people because you never know who's going to show up at that airline that you're wanting to interview for. So that I think that's really, really important. Um, we don't have much time, but we have one more thing that we, we need to go over. And, and what was that last item that we have on our list there, Eric?
1: Do not badmouth your current employer. If there's like Eric's cardinal rule about interviewing, again, using positive words, conveying a positive message, like, you know, I had a concern about this thing that happened. You can't have a whole bunch of concerns, though. Don't go in with a laundry list of concerns because it sounds like a positive word and start berating your current employer to a prospective employer. Because from the employer's perspective, if you're gonna badmouth these people, then you're gonna be badmouthing them eventually too, because eventually something's gonna happen that doesn't go the way you want it to. And if you're the kind of person who's just a constant discontent and you're always upset about something and you always wanna fuss, you know, to a prospective employer, even when you've got a whole bunch of time and you're, you know, well qualified, if you're gonna be sowing discontent within an organization, especially one that prides itself on you know the the way its employees congeal together as a team, that's going to be bad for you. Um, you know, again, when it, and recruiters will do this. I've heard them do it. I've done it myself. When I knew somebody worked for a certain company, I would ask about a specific pointed issue to see what the person how they would answer the question. Um, and, you know, make sure you're on the positive take. Don't stand there with an opportunity, oh, finally, somebody asked me what I don't like about this company, and go into a 20-minute tirade about how terrible your current employer is. Uh, It's just a really bad idea.
0: That's a great point, Eric, and I very much agree with that. Well, Eric, we're running a little late. I know you have to get to a meeting, but uh, one thing that's interesting about this is probably one of the more negative uh, shows that we've done because we, we've used words like don't, avoid, never do this, that type of thing. But remember, what we're trying to do is help you here, and uh, there's a lot of positives here too. Like you should know everything possible about the attendees. Use positive words. Bring your resume. Know your resume. Know your resume. Dress appropriately. Know the officers and relax. Uh, so all these different things we have them as a list, and I'll have them right there at Curse Podcast slash uh, fifty three. Is there anything you want to say quickly before we go, Eric? And also tell us a little bit about where they can get in touch with you.
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with what Carl said. It sounds like this is a really negative podcast where we're you know talking down to you, and that's not it at all. It's meant to be coaching and guidance and assistance in helping you further your career. Um, you know there's you know, there are ways to go about doing things right. there are ways to go about doing it wrong. you know we don't have time and I, Carl can vouch for this. I, I wasn't there as long as Carl was at the sun fun job there but I saw so many things going on that were right people who had the right attitude, people who were conveying themselves like professionals and that's great. There was so much of that there's no way we could have a podcast or even a series of 10 podcasts talking about all the things that went well. What we've tried to do in this podcast is highlight some of the common mistakes that unfortunately a lot of people kept making. Um, and, and you know, that's that's the idea. You know, we, we can't go on and on about the hundreds of people that did it right. What we're focusing on is the 10 or 20 maybe that did it wrong um, and, and trying to help you not make the same mistakes. It's the same reason we do accident case studies when we're learning about you know, uh, different certificates or different maneuvers or whatever the case may be. Because if somebody caused an accident or incident in an airplane because they did something this way, we can learn from their experience and then use that experience to not make the same mistakes ourselves. And hopefully you'll take this for what it was intended to be, which is actually a positive thing, making sure that you have the information, the resources you need to move further into your aviation career whether that's the first step or whether it's the second, third, fourth, fifth step, whatever it is, but to really have a successful, meaningful, valuable career uh, in aviation. And in terms of getting in touch with me, uh, you can learn more about my college program, Polk State College Aerospace, at www.polk.edu slash aerospace. You can find us on Twitter at symbol Polk Aerospace. You can find me on Twitter also if you just want to have a general conversation about aviation or almonds or whatever the case may be at symbol C Eric Go, S E E E R I C geo and i really do love talking with you guys whether it's on twitter or email some of you guys email and and uh, tweet me quite often and i appreciate that i've gotten to meet several of you through sun and fun and from calling me and coming into my office and talking about our program i really enjoy it please keep it up and, and thanks a lot for thanks a lot for listening
0: well, Eric, I appreciate your being here. And remember, what we're trying to do with this episode is make sure you you avoid that, that, that train wreck in, in in your job fair. We want you to have a positive outcome. So that's why a couple of these things were negative. Uh, but, uh, again, if you want to know a little bit more about the co-hosts that have been on this show, uh, click on the About page and, and meet your hosts. And you'll find out more about Eric where you can get in touch with him and uh, have some links to, to get in touch with him as far as his Twitter account, just like he said. I you know, it's been really exciting to talk to all these people at this job fair, and I hope that you'll consider a job fair in the future and that you'll come back to this one podcast and listen to the tips that we've given you as far as what you should do uh, in your next job fair. Also, if you have something that you want to add to what we said here, I'd really appreciate you sending us some information about that. You can go to slash contact or feedback at AviationCareersPodcast.com. Uh, you know, what you say is really important to us, and if you have something you want to share, gosh, I'd love to hear it right here online. If you want me to read something, I'll do that. If you have questions, of course, still Send those questions in. We're going to get that in the next episode. Eric's going to come back and help us uh, do some questions and answers along with uh, Tom Wachowski. Our other co-host has been on a hiatus for a while and and all the other really wonderful people that we have here with a whole bunch of experience and a lot of different perspectives. You know, think about one thing that you can do before the next episode, one thing that will move you one step closer to your career goal and go ahead and write that down. If you're in the car right now, you can stop the car or try to keep that in your head, Uh, but Remember that one thing and do that thing tomorrow or the next week and move one step closer to whatever your career goal is. Share it with us. I'd really appreciate that. Well, folks, I, I really appreciate you listening to uh, Aviation Careers Podcast. We're back on track, and, and we'll, you'll be listening to us hopefully every Friday uh, is when we're planning on putting this out there. If you want to get information about uh, scholarships, that constantly grows. So aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. Once again, we'll talk to you next episode, and safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy
1: Wheeler. All rights reserved.